in the bags Come with you, Falcons, what you gonna do? Browns, what you gonna do? Carolinas, what you gonna do? Them Jags coming for you. Yeah, them Jaguars, Jags, here they come. You better run for us, run. Because they're coming to your town. Big Thursday about to break you out. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host. Misto Christopho, Christopher Thornton at Misto Christopho. Uh, if you didn't catch our episode last night, we had Ian Wharton from Bleacher Report on to talk Jaguars cornerbacks, where he ranked them, uh, stuff they did well, market fits for Aaron Colvin, etc. Really great episode that you need to check out, as well as always subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, Megaphone, Spotify. We are joined tonight by NFL reporter Benjamin Albright. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Doing great. Doing great. Getting ready to uh, have this offseason go into full gear. Um, I know people can pretty much find you any, uh, everywhere with the work you do. So go ahead and give us uh, a spill on some of the work you do, where people can find you, uh, etc. Well, uh, you know, if you're in the Denver area or you want to listen on the Mile High Sports app, you can find me on uh, Mile High Sports and 1340 FM 104.7 in Denver. Um yeah, I write um, at various different places, mostly just freelance stuff. That, you know, right now, and then uh, uh, we got a TV show that'll be coming out. Uh, you know, this fall that you'll be able to catch on network television. Awesome, sweet. That's something I'm gonna have to check out. Um, so, a lot of people, if you don't know Ben, he n- normally has the scoops on all things NFL, whether that be free agency, whether that be the draft, and people are always questioning him. When most of the time he ends up being right. It's kind of a crazy Twitter thing that if you're not there you wouldn't really get but it always happens and ben is more right than wrong from all i can tell so naturally we wanted to get him on to talk jaguars and their off-season plans so we'll go ahead and get right into it um looking at this from a team perspective with how far they got with what they had what do you think would be the ideal free agency approach for this team both in terms of bringing guys back and who they could try and find on the open market or what type of needs they would need to fill I think the key is going to be don't overspend. Um, the Jaguars want to be players for a few pieces, but, you know, as we saw, this is a team that's already a contender. You know, they've already got, you know, the pieces they need. The real uh, improvement for this team, obviously, needs to come at the quarterback position. So you need Blake Bortles to take a step, and you need, uh, you know, you need to take um, – a replacement plan or line up something else if you can't get it done. So, um, you know, I would suggest that you need to, uh, you know, just kind of keep an eye on um, uh, who's aging, make sure we're drafting guys to replace that, um, you know, who's looking for a big payday and looking to leave. And, you know, you've been highly successful in drafting players over the last couple of years. So I would allow, um, you know, aging high dollar free veteran, uh, high dollar free agent veterans uh, in some cases to go. Um, but, you know, overall, you're just you're looking to keep the roster as intact as possible and and uh, and, and move forward with a, a few tweaks here or there. I don't think that this is a team that wants to be a big player. Now, the Jags in years past obviously have had loads of cap room, and this year, as you alluded to, you don't want to overspend, and they don't have a whole lot of money. Uh, but do you think there are any potential O-line targets that they might uh, target, whether it be depth or maybe even a starting position? Uh, in free agency? Uh, yeah, free agency or the draft. 
I would say in the drafts you could probably have some of that. Um, I, I highly doubt they're going to look offensive line and free agency um, just, just based on what they have and what they've done uh, in the past and what they've put together. I don't think that uh, um, that a free agent offensive line target, which you'd have to overpay, is going to be something that they would be after. What about a guy um, they seem to lack the playmaking ability at the tight end position, someone like Trey Burton, because we assume that he should have a market, but – Considering his role in Philadelphia being a lot smaller than, say, Zach Ertz, he might potentially go a little under the radar. What are your ideas on a guy like him in Jacksonville as well as just across the league? Well, he could be a great fit there, but he is going to have a market. Um, you know, obviously, Philly's going to try to retain him. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, Kansas City will have interest. Chicago will have interest. Um, so, I, you know, I think that um, – uh, if you're the Jags, the last thing you want to do is get stuck in a bidding war for that. You kind of look for that diamond in the rough guy. You've been, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, highly successful with uh, with draft and develop tight end position. hadn't been, a, you know, hadn't been one in terms of an explosive threat. Um, so, you know, I know you, you whiffed on the free agent a few years ago with uh, with Julius <laughs> Thomas. So, you know, I would suggest that uh, you know look to uh, you know look to see if there's a diamond in the rough athlete out there that maybe you can coach up. And if you can't find one, then uh, then go to the draft looking for you know looking for a game breaker tight end. Now, there is one true dynamic playmaker on this Jaguars offense. Now, he wasn't there much in 2017 after, you know, receive, uh, having one reception for 17 yards and tearing his ACL, his name being Allen Robinson. And there's so much, you know, speculation as to what's going to happen. Jaguars fans are curious and getting really anxious at this point. What do you know, or is there any buzz out there on what's going to happen with Allen Robinson? Because he, if he were to hit the market, I would think he'd definitely have his own pretty big market despite the ACL tear. Yeah, he'll have a huge market, uh, and so that's the thing. The Jags want uh, to try to see if they can get something where uh, they can get him to take kind of a quote-unquote hometown discount uh, and see if, he, see if they can get him to, to stay with the team. If not, they're going to have to move somebody because they're going to have too many receivers and not enough footballs to go around. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that um, after having looked at this past season, I know Allen Robinson's a huge weapon, and he would be a huge weapon, have a huge market, but I don't think he's a huge loss uh, for the Jaguars. His team got by just fine, uh, you know, without that. They just need a quarterback to deliver the ball accurately. Hopefully Blake Bortles in year two of this offense, uh, well, you're, you're for the offense, but you know what I mean, uh, <laughs> will be able to, uh, you know, will be able to uh, uh, step it up. I, you know, personally am not holding my breath, but uh, I've been wrong before. And then a similar question, uh, except flipping to the defensive side, uh, and a guy like Aaron Colvin, who was a fourth-round pick for the Jaguars, kind of was a starter in the really bad era of Jaguars football and has become a really good nickel corner uh, in this good Jaguars secondary. Uh, Have you heard anything or is there any buzz regarding Aaron Colvin in the market and will he have a decent market? Not really. He's not going to have as big a market as people think. Um, I think Jack Sands will be happy because I think he'll probably wind up, you know, back in uh, back in Jacksonville. I think he's kind of one of those "quote unquote" hometown guys, those fan favorite guys that maybe, um, you know, doesn't have as big of an appeal across the league. I'm not saying he, you know, he won't have some offers here or there, but I don't know if it's worth it for him to leave for uh, the money that he would get. Um, so, you know, I think he's a guy that's that's primed to stick around. So. With covering some of those guys, and you obviously think that there could um, there's room for improvement at quarterback, whether that be Blake Bortles growing or potentially finding a new guy. 
But before we go on to someone like Kirk Cousins or anything, uh, looking at kind of a draft version of it, if you had to put money down, what two positions do you think they'd target early on in the draft in the first two rounds? And would quarterback be one of them in terms of what you would do and what you think the team would do? Well, um, I, I, you know, if it were me, um, <laughs> so I might look at the back half of that, you know, that second round, that first round, excuse me, and see if Lamar Jackson or Mason Rudolph were there, get them in for workouts, and see if they're guys that would, would do. Well, I think Lamar Jackson would be a fantastic fit, um, you know, in Jacksonville. I don't think he fits everywhere, but I think he fits there. I think he's a guy with, you know, a dynamic athleticism. Um, you know, you can kind of work the offense to to his strengths in terms of the passing concepts, but the the rushing concepts are really where it's at because you've got some primo running backs there, and he's got the ability to help open up some lanes. Um, you know, anytime you've got a mobile quarterback, it really helps open up those lanes. So, um, you know, I think uh, you know, I think getting a guy with some some mobility like Lamar and putting him in there might help. Um, and so that's kind of what I would look to do with the with that pick in the back half of the first, unless there's just some stud player you've got on your board that happens to fall right in your lap um, unexpectedly. You know, then I might I might look at that. But I think my game plan going in, my rough game plan would say, you know, we need to come away with a, a contingency plan at quarterback for the future. We need to come back with explosive tight end. And I think that would be where I'd look at the you know in the first and second rounds. That is a uh, I feel like that's an answer that's going to actually bode over very well with Jags fans. Uh, Ever since Lamar Jackson had his Heisman season, Lamar Jacksonville was the, ver- the very first hashtag I felt like I saw. Uh, now, bouncing back to Kirk Cousins, how realistic are the chances that they sign Kirk Cousins? Or go after at least. Uh, well, everybody's going to go after him and put a pitch in front of him. How realistic is he signs there? I would say not very. Um you know, for that to happen, I, I would think that there would be about four or five other teams that would have to completely blow it with their offers. Um, you know, at this point, I would say that Denver, Minnesota, and then, you know, New York are kind of the, the teams that he's eyeballing. Um, you, you know, if he decides to just push all his chips in for money, Cleveland can outbid everybody. Arizona's looking for a quarterback as well. Um, and, and I think if you're Jacksonville, again, I think that you, you don't want to go out there and blow all this money on Kirk Cousins and really kind of blow up your team, you know, in the following season in terms of money. So, uh, you know, if it's me, we're going out, we're drafting a guy, we're getting cheaper at the quarterback position, and we're having money to roll forward and keep that window alive with that, that, that defense. Now, someone from Twitter asked this, and I don't think I'm much of a believer in it, but from what you know, What's going on with Breeze in New Orleans not having anything done yet? Is that just something that there's no rush on it whatsoever? And if somehow he wasn't a guy that they ended up holding on to, is a team like Jacksonville a fit there? I mean, I guess Breeze can pretty much fit anywhere, but kind of at a potential landing spot? Um, you know, I, I suppose I guess it could be. Um, I don't think that that would, again, be something that they would do. Um you know, with with the money involved and everything mm-hmm. else, but um, the reason that Breeze hasn't uh, got anything done in New Orleans is they're trying to get some flexibility to get everything else taken care of, making making sure they can put the right team around him to kind of make an end run here at the end of his career. Um, not not just for the Super Bowl, but also for his legacy. You know, he's on the verge of breaking a lot of Peyton Manning's records, um, and you know, Tom Brady's kind of nipping at his heels. So, uh, you know, for these guys, one of the things I think that's forgotten. Um, by a lot of fans is that their legacy matters to them. And, you know, for some of these guys, uh, greatest all time numbers, that's, that's immortality. So, um, you know, a guy like Breeze, who's, you know, is very proud and wants to, uh, wants to win a Super Bowl, but he also wants those records. So I think he's going to stay in New Orleans and they're really trying to get some flexibility to get uh, a few more pieces around him. 
Now, we've mentioned the quarterback a couple times, and the one thing that we really seem to lack here with Blake Bortles is the clarity of whether he'll be here or not because the original report was, oh, maybe they would go after a Kirk Cousins or an Alex Smith, obviously Smith now being out of the equation and money being tight. But then he had his surgery, and there was another report that came out that they had the surgery with the idea that he's going to be the long-term guy. And it seems like there's so many mixed reports. What are your, how do you feel? um, Where do you think the odds are that he is a Jaguar in not only 2018, but long-term after that? Well, it really depends on his performance next year. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a make or break kind of thing there. The way the Jaguars are viewing it is with cautious optimism. They're like, we want Blake to be the guy we drafted him. We want him to be the guy. We're going to give him every opportunity, but we're going to plan for him not being the guy, meaning that they'll draft the developmental guy, um, you know, behind him and have a better plan than just Chad Henney for next year. So, um, you know, I, and I can tell you, um, Prior to the start of uh, the season last year, uh, the receivers room was kind of in a revolt. That's why Chad Henney got that start. Uh, you know, is it's because the receivers room was saying, "Look, Blake, Blake, you can't throw," uh, and that was kind of a wake-up call for Bortles. So, um, I think he's putting more into his craft now. I think that he's, he's kind of recognized that, you know, being a professional football player, you know, you, you've got to put work in, and so uh, he wants to put that work in. He's kind of got the right attitude now. We'll see if uh, we'll see if the guy he wants to be and the guy he could become ever meet. Now, I know you mentioned Lamar Jackson and Mason Rudolph as some guys in the latter half of the first round. Are there any guys outside of that that aren't in these like consensus top groups of quarterbacks that you could see as a nice developmental fit? Names like you know Kyle Lalletta, Chase Litton, Mike White. Those uh, not the top tier quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah, I, I think I think Kyle would be a great fit there, especially for the you know the K gun concepts that uh, that they have there in that offense. I I don't know that Mike White's a fit. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, Mike White's wildly overrated to me. Um, you know, another quarterback that comes out of a Petrino variant offense that's not uh, um, you know it's more buoyed by the system than anything else. Um, so Chaitlin, um, you know, is, is a guy that kind of intrigues me. Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't finished up on him. He's one of the last ones I have to finish up on before I go to the combine with the tape study. So I don't want to speak out of turn, but, um, you know, looking at him, um, in the limited viewings that I had, there's, there's some intriguing stuff there. So I'm kind of, kind of interested to get a deep dive in there and see where that takes me with him. Now, for free agency, the wide receiver market is kind of sparse. I mean, you have guys, you have reports coming out of Los Angeles that the Rams might be tagging uh, LaMarcus Joyner and letting Sammy Watkins walk. In that case, would add another receiver to the market. Uh, but what uh, are your thoughts on Marquise Lee, and would he command at all a decent market as well, or is he kind of a guy that he might just get like a one or two small deal because he's there? Yeah, I don't think he's going to get as big a deal as uh, you know as people think, and uh, probably not as big a one as he would deserve. Uh, you know, I think he's a good receiver, but I don't think he's going to get uh, get that big a deal. He's kind of the tertiary market guy. You know, your marquee names are are kind of already out there, and obviously Jarvis Landry got tagged already. Um, you know, and you mentioned you know, obviously we talked a little bit earlier about it, uh, Alan Robinson. Um, you know, Albert Wilson of Kansas City is going to have a really big market, believe it or not. Um, very, very sharp receiver, smart receiver, more respected around the league than he is by fans. Um, so there's there's going to be some names out there that get big money more than you think. I don't think Sammy Watkins' market is going to be as big as he thinks. Uh, and, and, I, and, and if L.A. actually does tag Joyner instead of him, that would be the smart move. 
Now, firing up kind of the hypothetical machine, if you were Dave Caldwell, uh, to get this kind of tri- to get this roster one step closer to the Super Bowl, because we know they're close, uh, what is a hypothetical trade? that you would do with the Jags, whether it brings somebody in or just ship somebody out, uh, what is a move that you would do? Um, you know, I'd look around at uh, tight end contracts around the league, uh, see who's who's out there who's got, a, you know, maybe another year left, expiring, who's got a bloated contract on a team that's looking to retool or is tight with cap, um, you know, something like that. Uh, and that'd be the, the the direction I'd kind of go with it, um, or see who has a bulk of tight ends, you know, and see see what we could do about um, getting one that way. Because drafting tight ends is always a gamble, you know. If you got a guy that's already established in the league, it's it's usually a better a better play. I know, like I said, we mentioned earlier that the Jags kind of struck out the last time they went free agent with, with Julius Thomas, but that's a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I would suggest that uh, you know, looking around and seeing seeing what's out there. Um, you know, I think uh, was it Jimmy Graham's about to hit free agency. You know, take a look at that. If you could work out a trade, you know, a sign and trade with the with the Seahawks to secure a Jimmy Graham, that'd be huge. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So that's that's kind of the direction I would go with it. And are there any uh, potential low cost free agents in that second or third tier that you could see as actual solid fits in Jacksonville where they wouldn't have to break bank and they'd still fill roles that they need to fill? Um, you know, I think the team is pretty set. I, like I said, I don't think, you know, I know that makes for an uneventful show, but I don't think that the Jags are going to be huge players in free agency. And I think that's rightfully so. I think this is a team that's focused on the draft. Right. Uh, I think it's the team that's in the, in the middle of their window. So, uh, there may be some guys out there, but I don't really see anybody that's a, that's an impact guy that I'd be hanging my hat on at this moment. Um, you know, you, you may see if, uh, if I'm wrong and, and, uh, uh, you know, your corner moves on, you may see another corner, um, you know, acquisition, but, uh, I, I really don't, um, you know, I don't see anybody out there that just screams, um, you know, look, you know, we need to get him for mm-hmm. Jacksonville. I, I would have suggested Shaq Barrett maybe as a restricted free agent and pay the tender, but you guys have enough ends to, uh, you know, last a long time just because right. Jacksonville's kind of become Denver South, you know, Southeast. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Malik Jackson, Julius Thomas, and the other players. So it's, um, I, I think that, uh, uh, McCray, I think that, um, um, you know, again, I, I don't think they're going to be big players in free agency. Right. Then, um, any guys, that you could expect maybe that they would make cap casualties? I know the popular one always seems to be Chris Ivory, the running back. Right, yeah. I think they'll I think they'll go there and then obviously clean house the tight end position, which they've you know they've already started on and um I, I think those are really kind of the, the main ones there. Um clean house there, free up a little bit of money, um and, and kind of see where you're at. Uh, I don't think that there's any, you know, real striking um big money contract that runs out at you. Uh, I don't think they can get out from under the Marcel Darius contract. So, um, you know, and I don't think you'd want to. So I, I think that, uh, uh, um, you know, overall that's, that's, that's tough. You probably see a couple of running backs and, you, you know, the receivers and tight ends, you just kind of see them lop off the big contracts there and move forward. All right. And then um, I think just before wrapping it up, uh, unless Chris has anything else, I have like um, we talked a little bit about Lamar Jackson and Mason Rudolph before Uh, a lot of people are intrigued by this quarterback class, obviously it being the biggest topic with all the different guys and what they offer, what some guys don't offer fits fits all that kind of stuff. 
when you look at the top like tier of this class and I know that's a little bit subjective, but let's consider it like a Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, uh, Mason Rudolph, and Josh Allen, maybe even Sam Darnold. What one of those guys in a hypothetical world just jumps out at you and says, that would be a great fit in Jacksonville? Well, I think Lamar Jackson's probably the best fit. Um, you know, again, you got a strong run game there that can kind of carry him until he gets, till he's ready. Um, each of these quarterbacks kind of has a little bit of something that uh, is wrong with them, and they need to kind of get ready. Sam Darnold's super young. He would be the second youngest starting quarterback in NFL history if he started week one behind uh, uh, Tommy Maddox all time. Um, you got Josh Rosen, who, you know, I don't know that he fits in the culture of that room. Um, you know, and he's a guy who's maybe the most ready to start, but I don't know that he's a fit culturally down there. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, I think, would be a great cultural fit, um, but, you know, he's going to need some time to get ready. He's the, he's the guy I would bank on having the most success out of this class, but he's, he's still going to need some time as well. And then, you you know, um, uh, Josh Allen, I don't want anything to do with that. You've already got, you know, <laughs> you've got a better version of Josh Allen on the roster. I don't know why you do that to yourself. Um, and then, uh, and then you got, uh, uh, you know, Lamar and, and Mason Rudolph. I think Mason's just a guy. Um, uh, we can count on Mason being a starter long-term, but, you know, some people view it that way. So I, I would say Lamar Jackson's probably the best fit um, in terms of what he brings to the table. The question is, can you coach him into being a long-term successful quarterback and keep him healthy because he's, he's really thin? Definitely. I think that would bring a lot of electricity here. And as Chris said, Lamar Jacksonville has been a thing for a little bit. Uh, I'm sure there would be a lot of happy campers here in Jacksonville if he was their guy at 29 or wherever that pick may be. So I think on that note, that'll wrap it up for us here. Ben, thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed uh, having you on as a guest. Yeah, guys. uh, Sorry we didn't get into more. You know, there's not more free agent talk to get into, but uh, certainly enjoyed it. Definitely. We'll be sure to catch up with you soon. And um, if, like I said at the beginning of the show, feel free. Go ahead and check out the Locked On Jaguars uh, website at LockedOnJaguars.com. Follow on Twitter at LockedOnJaguars. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already. You can find us on multiple platforms. We are going to have Matt Miller of Bleacher Report on on Monday to talk a little bit more of the draft as well as the bachelor with the season finale. I'm going to be holding myself out of that conversation because I have no interest, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm sure to anyone else that listens, that enjoys the show, you guys will really enjoy the content, but we will catch up with you guys next week.